Welcome to Because I Said So, a podcast where we amplify youth voices and use age to better understand the world around us. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find us. It really, really helps others find this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Hey, everybody. We have very special guests today. Rainbow, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Rainbow Masho. I'm a 14-year-old artist, author, self-publisher, entrepreneur, and advocate for a new generation of amazing, diverse children. And I'm also on the autism spectrum, but that doesn't stop me from being who I am and doesn't stop my potential. Yeah, and we also have my mom, Yadira (laughs) Gaderon. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Virginia. Good to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know you mentioned, we'll get into all of the amazing things that you do, but you mentioned about being on the autism spectrum. And so I was wondering if you could just talk a little about how you um, were diagnosed and how that's kind of affected you growing up and how you've learned to celebrate that aspect of yourself. Well, when I was processing, when I was um, like in between the ages of two and three, I I stopped talking for, at one moment, I stopped talking completely and I was having these sudden meltdowns and my mom and dad became endlessly worried for me. So they took me to, a so my mom took me to a doctor in Puerto Rico, was it? And I was diagnosed with autism and um, it was a very heartbreaking reality that my family had to face. We had to get separated. My mom and I had to go live in America and yeah, I was born in Athens, Greece, but my mom wanted to search for better opportunities in America. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really, really powerful and kind of both of you can answer this. How did you decide to come to America and find those opportunities here? Um, Was that mainly kind of for care and just better opportunities um, in general? My mom was desperate to to give me a better life that I needed. You know, I started out in this world as a weak little baby with weak immune systems, but my mom kept on fighting for me. And at the same time, she both she and my dad continued to love me and I on and um and she finally found the right medicine for my tummy and it was goat special formula goat milk from New Zealand and there was a moment when I asked her that the packet that had the goat milk from New Zealand I asked her if it had Maori symbols on it because I'm very curious but what was important is that my mom and dad kept fighting for me. And um, it's been very hard throughout my life because I came into this world with a huge label on me and with people immediately rejecting me due to my needs. And over time, I tried my best to fit in and try to make friends. And I always wondered why kids always ignored me, ran away from me, pushed me aside and rejected me until in, in late 2019, when I realized, started to realize the heartbreaking reality of what people see and how judgmental they are. And um, everything became very intense during 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid that the world would end, but both my mom and dad comforted me saying that everything would be all right. And when I was starting to feel better, knowing that the world won't end, I My grandma, who we were in Florida taking care of her, she died of cancer. Mm. And we were filled with so much heartbreak to lose a loved one. And on the day she died, yeah, and on the day she died, I told my mom that in 2019, I had a dream of my mom telling me that my grandma had died. And Mm. I believe that dream was a prediction for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really really powerful thing too. Cause I know me and myself have, um, and people that I know have had some of those like intuitions, some of those insights. And, um, I think that that is just 
a really amazing thing. And I think a lot of people kind of lose that sense of intuition as they get older. But I think that I know that you were talking about getting diagnosed, how that was kind of a hard thing. But I also think that it's, um, you know, a beautiful thing as well to have people in this world whose brains work differently. And obviously the things that you've been able to do um, because you are more insightful and more creative than other people is very beautiful and interesting. And so how did you start to get involved with art and things like music and art and NFTs? I know your mom and I were talking earlier about um, you performing at the Tomato Fest with the band. So how did you start to get involved in art and all of those things? Well, it started in uh, um, at when I was five years old. Um, I made a self-portrait of myself with ginormous eyes, a giant head, a small body, two ponytails and fingers. This hand had more fingers while this hand had less fingers. And um, this teacher was real good. And she taught me how to use a, a draw. There was a very, she, she didn't teach you how to draw. This is a very good story because it's like part of, everything falling in, starting to fall in place as mm -hmm. the diagnosis of autism was creating these challenges in Rainbow's life. And I, as a mom, starting to learn, like you asked earlier, um, why did we decide to come to the United States? You know, um, because of we, I, we are U.S. citizens. There mm -hmm. are this variety of services available that were not available in Greece. Um, and the way the diagnosis was approached was completely different. Mm -hmm. um, so that decision was made and it was, like she said, it was very difficult. She doesn't remember any of this. Um, I don't remember some of it, but when I try to, um, when I tr when I remember some stuff that I experienced, I only remember it feeling like a cartoon. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Well, you need to draw that, you know. So promoting the arts, when she, yeah, July 2013, we are here. Um, she had already gone through almost one whole year of school. She went through summer school and this, and she was five, this wonderful teacher. I told her my main concern is she is not holding a pencil properly. A lot of uh, kids on the, and, and adults on the autism spectrum, they have a lot of, um, the pincing, the grasp is very difficult. Oh, dexterity, muscles, nerves, it's all connected. Um, And I told the teacher, if you could help her with that, my her summer, I will be so happy. Just thinking ahead and because then, of what's coming, because of what's coming in first grade. So in one week, this wonderful teacher, she used, you know, the golf pencils yeah. that are short. <laughs> so she took one of those. She wrapped it with aluminum foil at the bottom. She put rubber bands around the aluminum foil and just helped rainbow taught her how to hold it properly. Magic. Yeah. And she learned how to hold the pencil properly. And we did a How did you yes. react? Oh, I was, she loves to ask about how do you react? <laughs> what was your face? Um, so it just like the teacher said, just get ready. Wait till you see what's going on. And she taught me at home. And then within a week of that beautiful experience and that awakening, here she goes. She did her, her first self portrait. You know, and when I was like, oh, my God. So okay. from that. How day, wide I'm, were your eyes in shock? That wide. And so from, show, 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 show. Very wide. So July 2013, she's five. And I made sure that there was every kind of incentive in mm -hmm. regards to the arts crayons, colors, uh, markers, paintbrushes, anything, you know, paintbrushes, paper. She even ended up, of course, drawing on the walls of the apartment that we rented. <laughs> and my mom was like, I was livid, you know, of course. <laughs> she was flaming mad. Yes, of course, you know, but it's just one of those things that many parents have gone through and we learn to survive, yeah. you know. You mean many parents go through. Yeah, yeah, yes. And my mom was P-I-S-S-E-D. -S -S -E yeah, but it's just <laughs> like, I didn't show that to her. I was just, I'm fuming inside, just like, oh my God, how are we going to fix this, you know? Right. The rental. I made one, I made one drawing first and first my mom was like, oh, that's cute. But then when I drew on more <laughs> walls, my mom was like, oh. Like, okay, okay, we're done now. We're done now. <laughs>
Yes, you know, it's just like, here's the paper, you know, here's the crayon, let's go the crayons, let's go outside, you know, and create art on sand, you know, and all of that, but not on the walls, please. So what else do you want to say? And, um, oh, there's something I'm, I've learned, um, name day in Greece, my, my real no, name. We're not going to talk, that is not relevant now, oh, because man, we have, we're talking about your art. I know, you're fine. But I'm planning to make a special piece of art of it. Okay, Can I explain? Good. Explain. Okay. Yes. okay. Um, well, my real name is Thomais, which is female for Thomas in Greek. Uh, people pronounce my name as Tamais. My mom pronounces it as, as Thomais. Uh, well, my dad pronounces it as, as Thomais. Well, in the, well, uh, and um, there's this thing called name day, and it's when uh, uh, people celebrate the names they've been given by uh, people from the Orthodox uh, Greek Church. Orthodox Church. And my name comes from the Virgin, St. Thomais. And my mom told me that she, she has lived somewhat a terrible life, like very bloody, horrible. But uh, my mom told me, you are the light after that darkness because that virgin lived a horrible life while I am the light after the disaster. So, you know, part of the, and this is so And recent. when my mom heard about name day, she was like, I'm not celebrating that. You go, you go ahead and celebrate that. Not really like that, but the <laughs> the reality of name they we I'm from Puerto Rico, so we like my dad's from Greece, right? That is from Greece, but he's living in Australia because he's now an Australian citizen. So um, the name day is something very huge in the yeah. Greek culture, you know. And she's not only named after the Virgin, but the main thing is she's been named after her grandpa. His name is Thomas, you know. So yeah. she's Thomas, he's the female of Thomas. Um, so at That's this age, very sweet. yes, you know this. At this age that she's older, so I explained to her the meaning of her name because she's curious and she wants to know. So I shared that a little tidbits of her story, and I said, at this age, you know, let's just wait a little bit. Do you find out the dramatic aspects of your name of the Virgin? Yeah. And 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 I always try to make sure that I redirect her and um, that she continues to utilize art as the way to express her emotions. Yeah. And why do you you know that's so important? This is very important because um, with her having lost the capacity to speak at two and a half, Mm -hmm. she has some, she had a massive regression. Um, And um, as time passed with the influences received by alternative medicine um, individuals around us explaining to us um, that she could learn how to speak. But also, uh, as a parent, I became a mom at 40. So it took 28 hours for me to be born. And in the end, they had to do a C-section. And, and my Greek that. grandma, which is my da- dad's mom, she was fighting with the doctor demanding for me to be born immediately. <laughs> and mom, ha- and I also have sensory issues that I don't want to be touched in a certain way, touched in a specific area or kissed in a specific area. And my mom has this theory that when there was the C-section on the day I was born, I was pulled out. I might have been pulled out too hard. And that's why I got sensory issues. So a combination of factors, you know, here I've read some of the science and sensory issues have so many roots, you know, Um, because after everything we've done, you know, um, with Rainbow, you know, addressing some of the medical issues in the diagnosis. And we've seen so many improvements. She speaks now. She wasn't yes. speaking, you know. Can you share your story about that and speaking and with your cuddly stories? Oh, yeah. When I was in between the ages of five, six or seven, I was asking so much for a puppy. Every <laughs> kid wants an adorable little puppy. But, and, but hold on, but, but hold on, hold one, on, please. Please, thank you. I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? For one year. No, that's not what I'm going to say. My dad hasn't. Hold on, please. I I remember something. I know. Thank you. Hold on. Her language skills at that time were not what they are now. Her Mm -hmm. language skills at that time were not what a five, six, seven year old child would have, you know, developing at, uh, as other kids do. So as a parent, one more time, I made the decision that if my child was going to learn how to speak, 
we have to speak with her. We dealt with the system. Um, she was, you know, SSI stopped stopped her supports um medicare stopped the support so i said okay fine the system doesn't want to support her because she's right. doing other things that many children on the autism spectrum are not no problem i'll find a solution so right. our my solu- mom was determined totally you know yeah, she's always determined i'm trying i'm trying so yeah, then what, happened, what happened with that okay he has been making up these different stories of me and cuddly and for and for one entire year, I haven't responded back. And my dad says, ah, oh, Yadira, I don't want to do this anymore. Our daughter isn't responding. I don't know what is going to happen. And my mom says, Costa, this is not our time. This is her time. She needs to hear this from you. You are her father. Please keep on doing this. And my dad says, all right, mate. I love your accent. And then so good. Yeah. <laughs> I practice on my accents. And then my, one day after one year, my dad changes the story. And then I say, Daddy, that's not how the story goes. The story goes like blah, 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 blah. And I told the whole story. And my and when my mom heard me talking to my dad like that, she was crying in happy tears, mm-hmm. happy, bombastic tears. <laughs> yes, and it was a grandiose moment. You know, yeah. she was almost eight. Um, and I went back to that and I said, listen, Costa, you know, again, this was all going to happen in her time. But our role is to be existent, present for her with intention, you know, giving her what the system may not be giving her, right. you know, and many times it does not, yeah. um, but also uh, doing things based on what her needs are, you know, and to continue to help her respond to the real world. Um, and it is a, a tough process. You know, any parent that has a child diagnosed with any kind of label, any kind of ability, disability, you we know, are not labored. We are not labels. I know, but we are equal. The, yes, thank you. And you realize that now, okay? And but there are so many examples that I'm still learning, and I still talk yeah. about it with my mom. Yes, and sorry that I interrupted. That's okay. Thank you. Um, so the um, the reality of many families um, that are facing the challenges of the schools, that are facing the challenges of the system. You know, it, it takes tough skin and there are many tears that are shed. Yeah. It is so frustrating. And heartbreaking sometimes. So I have decided that I'm going to take matters in, okay, hold on, please. Sorry. Matters in my own hands. And that's what we've done. And I've made sure that every attempt to see my child overcome these challenges that mm-hmm. I find a variety of resources around us and she acquires these skills to the best of my abilities, um, utilizing what is out there because there is a lot of there. It is 2022 now. Right. There are so many resources. And the, what worries me the most is there are still many parents who still receive the message from doctors, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, and they tell them, your child will never speak. Your child will end up in an institution and that is asinine. That is not acceptable. So here we are with Rainbow, who is speaking. And uh, it is now 2022. In between 2016, 2017, she is speaking, you know, like there's no tomorrow. We dealt with dyslexia. We found a wonderful tutor. She learned how to read at nine. Okay. And oh, God, I, I'm still learning some things of reading. That's okay. But and that's you are. Right. But you're capable of reading and look what you're doing. You're writing books. A dramatic parts. Yes. Morning parts, lovely parts, coming mm. of age parts. Yeah. So um, here we are. You know, I told myself five, six years ago, I am not going to wait for the system to tell me what to do with my child. I realized that my daughter's artis- artistic skills, especially four or five years ago, her art changed drastically. You see that background with those narwhals? Yeah. Uh, that's from, uh, yeah, that's from 20, 2019, 2019. 2022. It's from, oh, no, wow. the narwhals are from 2019. That's incredible. They are? Oh, I thought they were from two years ago. I thought. That's okay. And those, are, those, those narwhals, they were included in a book written by an English teacher. 
and she had a challenge on Instagram um, and she chose rainbows, narwhals and rainbows, wow. elephants. Um, and uh, it just, again, so all of these opportunities started to take place and I just proceeded on to keep opening doors. So what else do you want to tell about your art? Can you share about your art? Oh, want to know a sad reality that happened at school? What about it? Well, uh, uh, in a summer school that I was put in through. Yeah, that's important. Yes, yeah. it's important to know this because other parents who have children who are on the autism spectrum might be experiencing this as well. Mm -hmm. well there were moments when I was doing some poor choices that I never meant to do. But back then I was learning. Sometimes the decision was to lock me in a bathroom, but luckily it wasn't dark. And to leave me behind on some activities. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I got locked in the bathroom with other, with another kid. But luckily it wasn't dark. And I would say, let me out. And the teacher and the teachers would say, nope, you deserve it. You know what you did. How old were you when that happened? Uh, you know that um, camp that didn't. Yeah, seven. Wait. Yes, you, you were seven years old. Tomorrow. I don't remember. And That's then. Awful. And then. And then uh, the school, the summer camp had a field trip to a petting zoo, but they decided not to include me. And I was crying and my mom was worried and wondered why I was crying. But when the teachers let her know, she was furious and she was like, how could you not include? Uh, actually, she wasn't like that. She was like, how could you not include my own child? Yeah. She didn't do anything. wrong." And the teachers were like, sorry we just forgot and my mom was so ticked off that she took me out of that summer school summer camp yeah. that summer camp uh before the summer so what happened with the art when you remembered what that you have been placed in the bathroom actually virginia i don't know if you can see it actually she cannot because uh, of the background. yeah we have the background but i'll send but, you that piece of art yes, so you can see in early 2000 january 2000 in january 2020 i uh, find no it was 2019 yes that's but, when you made the art yes but that's when i didn't tell you that's when you, 2020 was when you broke into tears. Okay, tell me. And then Remind in 2020, me. when we took my, on, the day, on a day when we took my uncle to a doctor's office and we were in a waiting room, uh, I told my mom, mom, I never told you this, but in, in a summer camp, the teachers have locked me in a bathroom and she was like, and she was heartbroken and shocked. And I don't remember hugging and crying, uh, hugging me and crying. Yeah, that was very hard. You know, uh, she's again, she's almost nine and she almost nine, ten, and she's remembering what happened to her um, in that summer camp. Because again, with the diagnosis on autism, you can see a little bit of everything in terms of the short term memory, just like a patient of Alzheimer, you know, with short-term memory loss that comes and goes. Um, and uh, again, like she said, you know, I cried, I felt helpless, you know, it was just like, why wasn't I there to support my child? Right. Um, so and it's again, so hard because I know, I mean, even when I was younger in like elementary school, I remember the way that kids with autism and other disabilities or things like that were treated by teachers. And I remember coming home, I mean, even at that young age, at like four or five coming home and being like, mom like this is wrong this is weird it's I mean just the way and it's it's really taking and taking advantage of people who don't always have the ability to stand up for themselves or especially at that age okay. don't and Good it's point. really sick yeah yeah thank you that's a great point you know the the children that do not have the ability to stand up for themselves she had all of these other experiences you know that she didn't know that she could go find a teacher I was and I wasn't there dirt, ignored and gang bullied a lot yeah, yeah. so it, it it was like this whole continuous you know so as a parent it's very frustrating you know and to and be heartbreaking yeah of course of course to be um realizing one more time that there is a system that exists that is not really providing for quality of life and building on the skills that our children can acquire because our children can learn verbal, nonverbal, uh, with behavior crisis, you know, more functional with the genius category, you know, all of our children with a diagnosis, they can learn. What it takes, it takes trained personnel 
for that to be able to happen. So again, I was not going to wait for the system to tell me what to do with my child. And I proceeded to pursue a path of growth for her, reaching out to everyone and their mother. We were in Florida up to four years ago. And then we came here knocking on every door. letting them know. my uncle was in a middle school, then he, I was at that middle school and but even with my uncle at that school, I didn't get as much as support I was supposed to. Yeah, and that was very frustrating. That was very frustrating and many things happened. So with her art, you know, again, um, I always made sure that I, I never told her what to draw. You know, she came up with these original ideas. I would promote and show her, for example, especially two, three years ago, um, a lot of art challenges on Instagram. You know, and I and I would tell her, you know, and that's a part of the exercise to help her learn that you start something, you work it out and you complete it, right. you know, because also with ADHD, that's a big part, you know, because your brain can go all over the place and you may start 20 things, but you don't finish none of them. Yeah. You know, um, even when I do digital art. Yes. So at this age, I wanted to make sure that she starts learning that. And we go through the ups and downs and we go through the challenges. And here we are. What happened in November 2020? What did you do with your book? Oh, I published my first book, What I Gained and Lost During COVID-19. I explained my challenges, my trauma that I started to remember and knowing the death of my grandmother, but how I survived from them and learn to speak out for myself yeah and so why did you feel that, yeah why did you feel that, that was so important to talk about kind of the trauma and how to deal with that because I didn't want to keep silent throughout my life I've been told to keep silent and not to say a word but yeah. in the end I finally said cut it out you're supposed to be silent because you're not giving me what I truly need yeah and then I decided to be free, ex- let the colors express how I feel, and um, go wild and go gone ho crazy. <laughs> yeah. And how did and you? And what happened? Go yeah, ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you're totally good. No, no, I was just going to ask her, you know, the, the, the because it's been a process, you know. So mm-hmm. November 2020, the first book is published. Um, we did self-publishing, as you know, going the traditional publishing route, you know, is very challenging. Right. It's not impossible, but it's very challenging. So yes. there are the existing tools that facilitate and we got a lot of support. She did a crowdfunding campaign and friends and family supported that process in order to have the funds to find um, someone who helped with the production of the book. Uh, to get books printed so then we can proceed you know to send them and donate make some donations um um, Dennis Ferrier from Fox 17 was wonderful and he interviewed her um the Hendersonville Public Library was fantastic they opened the doors for her um to have book readings but then did you stay and you did you write only one book I wrote four books two books uh, four, four books. Four books in total in but a year I, and a half. Yes. I've been, now I'm going to publish a fifth book about female empowerment. But finish talking about your first four books first. Which one was your second book? Well, or Rainbow Rabbit Meets Oracle, The Alphabet Creature. It's about explaining my dyslexia and how I learned the alphabet. And I combined two, 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 two Bs, like bear and broccoli. And it turned into broccoli bear. Lollipop Leopard, Donut Dragon, Jungle Jaguar. And I really enchanted my mom and she was like shocked to see this. And I asked her, just like, hey, hold on one second. You have to do the whole alphabet. And she created all of the art. It began in the fall of 2018. And then she did like the first series in 2018, 2019. So here comes November 2020. The first book comes out. And I said, hey, Rainbow, you know, I think the time has come and you're older now to redo your wonderful alphabet. And she did between January 2021 and um, February. She did the whole alphabet. And it's just the beautiful art and the colors, something very unique. And why did you create art? while you were learning how to read? Why was it that important? Because um, I was showing off how I was learning 
right and um, how i'm processing into this world yes the, so the processing of the information they established a relationship that letters create words words create sentences and sentences create paragraphs she needed visuals so she created her own visuals you know with yeah. the art that she that she put together for her second book so your third book is about one oh my third book it's called balloons it's about ocd Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Oh, and I forgot to mention, um, yes. in my first book, What I Gained a Lost During COVID-19, it's, it includes the, the concept of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. And while my third book, Balloons, it's, it's, it's about OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, and it's about repeating stuff over and over, staying on one topic, and different personalities and interests. And it also explains a moment when I yelled at my friends when they couldn't stop repeating the same thing over and over. But the most important thing. And I never meant to yell at them. I I was just frustrated. I understand that. But the most important thing about this is that I, as a parent, had to go through the process and explain to her, you also have OCD. And it is represented in a different way. You know, um, and she wrote us. She wrote the whole story. She did all of the illustrations, um, and it is a very powerful book from the vo- authentic voice of a then thirteen. Um, yes, of a then yes. of a then thirteen-year-old artist author on the autism spectrum, writing about such a heavy-duty topic as OCD and presenting an example of a situation that many kids experience and they are not helped to understand, you know, how can you interact with your classmates, for example, or your relatives. So here you have the voice of a kid uh, presenting the idea of OCD from a personal experience without a doubt, but it's very relatable to what's happening around us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. It was very, it was very good to represent. It's very good to represent those ideas. And my fourth book is Adventures at the Zoo. It's based off on last year when I had a summer, a one week summer camp at the Nashville Zoo. We were allowed to, we got to learn about conservation, learning about different species of animals, and we got to see them. But unfortunately, we weren't get, we didn't get to pet some of them. And that that bummed me out a little bit. So an idea came to my head to make stories of me playing with the animals physically. And um, there are four baby lynxes, lynxes in the book. Their names are Pi, Exponent, Angle, and Calculus. And I made that story while I was having a trouble in math. Hmm. Right, that's correct. So she made it relatable. And during that time, my mom heard of something about parabola and math. And she was like, what the heck? I've heard about that in the Bible, but not in math. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not not a math person here. Um, So this fourth book, Adventures at the Zoo, once again, personalizing an experience, making it relatable as a teen. And also showing how much is important to protect wildlife and respect it and talk about it with your local community and school and make an organization that protects the earth and its animals. Definitely. But also, but also something very meaningful is that she drew herself playing with the animals. Mm -hmm. So she drew herself uh, playing tag with the tiger, right? Uh, Hide and seek. Sorry, playing hide and seek with the tiger. Jumping rope with the African millipede. Yeah, the gi- the giant African millipede allowed me to use her as a jump rope. What did you do with the meerkat? The meerkat. Uh, we were keeping on the lookout to make sure her mean hyenas don't attack other ha- little meerkats. So all of, again, all of these wonderfully and that book. That and course- it, it's very sympathetic. Yes, no doubt about it. Very, and again, kids can relate uh, to the experience. And that fourth book, and a Sumatran rhino accidentally wanting to catch a ball, but accidentally popping it <laughs> because of the horn, you know. And, and this is uh, all. And her. at the Nashville Zoo, we got to feed an okapi, but we had to be really silent right. because, despite having big ears. They're very sensitive to loud sounds. And I can relate to that because I don't like some specific sounds. And we got to feed a giraffe. 
Wow. Yeah. So this, I got my mom, there was a photo of it. Yeah. So this very personal experience, um, that provides, you know, um, the book has a lot of alliteration. So all of these sounds, there is geography in the book. There's a bit of poetry. There's biology. My dad zoology. made a, po- my dad made a fun poem World. at the be- my dad wrote a fun poem at the beginning of the book before the story begins. At first, there was an original version that was not made for kids, but my mom said that when I am older, the inappropriate original version can be used. Yes, inappropriate because she loves to swear and all of this stuff. So <laughs> part of the whole growing up, you know. Um, so uh, and here we are now. And what's then what's the happening book, now? Yes, it's going to come out in mid or late, so late September, September. Yeah, and it's about female empowerment, equality, and diversity. It's about these different types of females from every corner of the world that you can imagine, making change, breaking laws, saying that women can't do this or that, expressing mm. who they are, and saving the world one step at a time. And what is the title of your book? Road Girls Rule. And there's going to be many different parts with many different ideas that it's also important to talk about with parents. But the most important thing about this fifth book is that she has the art. It's very intense. It is some some stories. I'm just shocked, you know, what she's written. And again, this is all her. And in the stories of my road girls, I also add some elements of different cultures and what is going on. Yeah, because there are all, all these girls and women from around the world. And it's just her brain, her research, what she's interested in. Because I explained to her, you just like, you cannot keep all of this information you have to spit it out, you know? Um, so here we are, you know, she's putting together her fifth book. She wrote every single story. She wow. drew every single road girl. Very and, beautiful. And I'm yes, planning to make a dress out of one of my road girls, Kylie. She's, she's a, a Kylie is an Aborigine from Australia. Aborigines are the native people and, and there are different Aborigines in different parts of Australia. And Kylie's name, Kylie is not just a girl's name, but it's a Noongar word in Australia, which means boomerang. Wow. That is so, so all of the Exactly. I know. All of these facts, you know, so here she is. She's and my mom is like, Tomais, you didn't copy this from somewhere. So I had, this better have come from you. So I had to explain to her because the stories are wild, you know, and I'm here as parents, so flabbergasted, so impressed, right. you know, that her brain, she has, she is pouring out all of these incredible ideas so i had to explain to her what plagiarism is you know you yeah make sure that you're not going to wikipedia you know you research fine do your research but when the time comes to write your story it has to be your own original story yeah it cannot be based on anything or anyone else one of my two maori girls irirangi i did it based off how interested i am of the maori people and their culture and uh, my mom says it sounds a little bit based off on Disney's Moana. You sure you haven't copied it from it? And I said, no, there's no saving the world deal. It's just protecting a sacred prehistoric manta ray eye from bad people who want to steal it, ma. There's no <laughs> villains and end of the world drama. So here we are. We're in the process. So this is where the NFTs. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that's so interesting. And so like, it is fascinating. Cool. Yeah, it is so impressive what is going on. So last year, I started hearing about it. And I reached out to local people who are in the art world. And the message I received was like, oh, NFTs, that's not clean for the environment. You know, when it's all a scam, it's like, "Mm, okay, so when I hear negativity, I go the other way. And I start researching, you know. And um, my mom is nosy and often searches opportunity. For yes. And that's, and that's what it's taken, you know, to, to reach this point. Right. So with NFTs, I started reading about all of these incredible artists, you know, creating accounts, making so much money. And here we are, we are a reality, you know, just like at that time, I did not have a full-time job. I was, did not have employment stability, which he was doing virtual school at home. Um, so I started reading about it and I found, I decided to, let's see what this is about. So I opened up 
an account in OpenSea. I bought crypto. I transferred the crypto to OpenSea. Uh, I created an account for her on Twitter. And I began just to send all of these messages to see what happens. And within less than a month of November 2021 of starting the NFT path and being on Twitter, we found the opportunity, number one, uh, an organization called Give for Kids in California. Wow. And, um, and, and uh, they had an exhibit and they included art from kid artists and it was NFT art. So December 2021, her art was exhibited. And then we began to interact with NFT Kids Magazine, hear about Superworld. And we heard then about Flower Girls Project NFT, which is simply magical. Very pretty. It is so beautiful. And this artist, her name is Barbara Alai. She's Russian. She's now in Georgia. And uh, she created this Wait, incredible. Georgia, like the, the country. Georgia, oh. the country. She created this beautiful art, but more than anything, what was so what is so impressive about her project is that she donates twenty percent of her earnings to charity, mm-hmm. and five percent of her earnings are used to acquire art created by children. Oh, so beautiful. here we go. She had some of her first purchases from the Flower Girls. Then there's this wonderful young man. His name is Kate Bergman. And on December 24, he goes, I'm going to make someone very happy. People, show me your art. And less than 12 hours later, he's sending me a note. Did you see my note that my offer that I want to buy rainbows? Happy, sad creation is like, no, let me see. And at that time, with the worth, with the price of ETH, Ethereum, he paid almost $1,200 for wow. rainbows, happy, sad. Go check them. Go check them. He paid that amount at that time. So it was just like, whoa. So from then on, I continued and I, 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 expl- I have to explain things to her bits by bits because this is a lot, yeah. you know, and it is so much information. It can be so technical. I am not a techie here. So I was right. learning myself. I know some things about technology and something, which are the things that my mom doesn't know, but I'm happy to share them of Please. how she can talk to Google while recording her question yes. and how she can find the emojis on the keyboard of my tablet. Yes. So all she has to go, all she has to do is press on a little button that has a globe. So she's helping me and I am helping her. But in the meantime, she old school. Make, yes, I can be old school. In the meantime, here I am reaching out to people in this wonderful NFT world that is opening the doors for artists around the world. And there are the ways to safely interact with so many individuals and so many creators and so many powerful projects. Um, the most important thing is in, in Twitter, you have Twitter spaces. Mm-hmm. where all of these people are doing their thing. So no one had done a Twitter space for kids. And I said, Rainbow, what do you think? So January 16, Rainbow hosted the first ever Twitter space hosted by a kid. True fact, for I kids. am a host of and my so own cool. Twitter space. So, and, then, and it's a very safe, positive yes, space definitely. that parents can also monitor and say, oh, this is a really good space. I really trust this. And um, once there was a time that my mom accidentally said a bad word. Just ASS. We, we <laughs> lived, you know, through it. And I was like, we, mom, how dare you? You should be grounded. Dad and I are going to ground you. We survived it. <laughs> um, so... The NFT world is one more time opening all of these doors for my daughter to establish a name, to establish her brand, and to build her future. But in real life, um, here in Nashville, for example, um, with the Arts and Business Council, um, I have been in touch with them. And in December, I paid the membership. And you can apply for an artist to become the artist of the week. So here comes January 10. We received notice that Rainbow had been chosen as artist of the week. And her art was on the big Nashville sign on 12th Street and Broadway. And we were there. We celebrated. I'll send you the link to to the blog entry that they did, which was wonderful. But the most fabulous thing after this experience, less than a month, we received an email from Nashville B-Cycle. Elise, the owner, 
saying that she wanted to hire Rainbow to create art for oh. her bicycle project with the local libraries. We were like, yes. Oh. And I made a story of a didgeridoo from Australia and, I, and a meeting up with a saxophone in Tennessee. And together they explain who they are and create a new type of special music. My, my As a parent, here I am making sure that my daughter who is discovering herself, that she understands that she's a person. And yeah. she's a person. I'm never a label. And she's an individual. And she has her own mind. She has her art. And she has her creativity. I have my voice. And as time passes, how she chooses to share all of those messages, everything is in development. Um, of course, as a parent, I'm trying to protect her, you know, um, from the reality that not everyone welcomes this information the same way. And um, they also don't accept how curious I can be. Correct. You know, and that's parent. You love yourself and we love you the, just the way you are. But we have a world out there that presents many challenges yeah. and uh, we want to make sure that you know and you have the tools how to face those challenges one of them is very funny and mischievous the other has family ancestry from ireland and the other is very artistic and does amazing art um because um she is returning to school after two years of not being in a school setting so just again making sure that she keeps falling in the right in the place mm -hmm. finding her own space continue to discover herself and like i explained to her hey day by day you're only 14 there is so much you're still going to be witnessing and at this young age there's already so much you are experiencing um, because i as a parent promote that you know her upcoming activities um oh they're mind-blowing yeah it's super cool <laughs> i'm not ex i'm not uh, i'm not spoiling the surprise that's so good you know so from <laughs> the art world there's a lot that has gone on um yeah. thanks to nfts and thanks to in real life her, her art is right now at the frist in mm. the exhibit teams take the frist and that's up until monday um on september 17 there's gonna be a kid entrepreneur event in breadwood she's gonna be there with a table selling her books On September 17th, there's going to be an NFT art exhibit. So her art is going to be there and she's going to be speaking at that event as well. On October the 1st, Vanderbilt University at the Wandry has a Tennessee Makers Fair. And she's going to have a table there with her books. And to top it all off, what's happening on October 15th? <gasps> I'm going to Los Angeles and I'm gonna miss one day of school. <laughs> well, I'm gonna miss that day of school when my mom and I can come back. But yeah, I'm gonna miss that day of school. Why are you going to But California? I'm gonna be participating in an NFT Kids event yes. hosted by Patty. She is a mom and she's giving this wonderful opportunity. And it's gonna be the first time going to uh, the Golden State. I'm and so I'm cool. just ever so excited. And um, hmm, what else? Yes, if you're gonna, oh, it's, and, a, it's an art and film expo for wow. kids and for teens. And Patty Monhe from Gift for Kids, the same organization that December she first exhibited her art, December 2021. Yeah. Here we go, less than a year later, and here we have the opportunity. Oh, and thanks to Patty to have Rainbow. She's a sponsor of the event, she's a panelist, she's a speaker, and she's also an exhibitor. Me? Wow. Yes. So it's going to be a super wonderful, busy day. And there might be a local bookstore that, thanks to Patty, she may have a book signing. Yes. And um, one of out them, there. Oh, sorry yeah. to interrupt. But, and mom also mentioned that in early November, I might, we might go to Missouri for a special art event. Yes. And my mom said it's a possibility. And my mom has a very special friend there. What's his name? It's like a nickname. That's yeah, he's a very special friend, and he, my mom keeps in touch with him. And, and her, yes. Uh, just, I lived in China. I lived in China. I taught at a university and in China. They, and China has had, uh, my mom has taken so much special herbal medicine from China, and luckily with that, she was able to give birth to me. Yes, I was well, not, actually. Well, uh, not the actual way, not the natural way, but be pregnant with me. She was able... Yes. Because birth control was really messing her up. So it's it, that's another part of the story. You know, <laughs> but the, the most of her birth and her coming to but the to most, me. But the most important thing is that mom knew that she could trust a type of medicine that she stumbled upon to. 
And that's how she was able to create me with my dad. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's, it's a beautiful story, you know, because she was a miracle and uh, she I became, uh, I got pregnant at 40, just as if I was 16 years old and unplanned and, she and all like of that if, fun stuff. And in my opinion, she looked like if she had swallowed a watermelon whole. <laughs> when you, you sense you growing in there, you know, um, so the joys of parenthood and but the surprises the, same thing, the anger the sadness the happiness the curiosity and at eight months of pregnancy during a sonogram my eyes were wide open <laughs> and my mom and dad were panicking and the doctor was like well I do not get to see this often but it's very rare for babies yes so <laughs> it's just all of this wonderful dynamic yes in- and want to know something special on the day I was born yeah on the day I was born my, when the doctors gave me to my mind, my mom, oh, yeah, my, my eyes were wide open. I was like, are you my mommy? Oh, stop. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my mom was with half tears of joy. And then she sang a Spanish lullaby to me. And I immediately fell asleep. Oh. Yes, yes. So, yeah, on this, again. And on her birthday, which was June 8th, uh, my mom took a, a photo of, was taken of me with my mom. And on the photo, I had very wide eyes. <laughs> totally. So her eyes have been speaking for her. Her eye, And you notice in the beginning, what was the first thing she mentioned to you? It's like, oh, do you have a, a piercing on your nose? Right. Because she has very keen eyes and she can see many things a lot of us do not see. Okay? Carrots also help with eyesight. That they do. And you <laughs> were a big carrot eater for a very long time. So, um, Virginia, you know, um, here we are, um, a daughter-mother duo. Um, and surrounded by a embracing community, we are we have been helped by so many. We haven't done this just me and my daughter. No, her dad has been incredible support. We have incredible people here in Nashville who have opened so many doors and that are always there. You know, when Rainbow needs something, um, they're always ready to help. Our family in Puerto Rico. My sister in um, Florida, my, my sister in Florida, and her husband, um, and our very good friend in Greece, Stephanie, you know, and her Kimon. son Kimon. Um, so it is, it is teamwork, you know, um, and we are just ready to continue because this is just the beginning, you know. And I want her to have a better future. I want her to break the chains of um, trauma you know, that she has. And fear. And fear. Yeah, I want her all to, these things. It, thank you. I want her to break the chains of the label. Um, and she has a very powerful voice. So I remind Even her. Even at a young age. Yes. And I remind her, you know, um, use your voice and use your art when you don't know how to say something. And you know how it is sometimes she says some things and I'm like, hold on one second. No, you cannot make that statement. Why? Because you haven't researched. You're 14. You haven't lived a lot of things. Just speak from your heart. Don't speak through from what's buzzing around you, you know, mm-hmm. and what she understands about the topic. Um, but as time passes, she's going to be capable, you know, of standing her own two feet and standing her own ground and letting people know this is how I feel about it. And, you know, what can, and more than anything, do you want to do this by yourself or what would you like to At do? At some moments, I'm going to need help. Okay. I'm because glad to understand that. We sometimes in our lives, we can, uh, we, uh, we are known to need help and ask for it. Yeah, definitely. And we will, and family, friends, and community will always be there. Totally. Do you have other questions, Virginia? No, I really think that that that's it. I was about to ask you, like, what is some advice you would give? But I think that that is some of the best advice is just that it's okay to ask for help. Thank you guys both so much for being on. I really, truly appreciate it so much. Yes, thank you.